Hey, I'm Brian Barletta with Sounds Profitable. We have a bunch of amazing sponsors and advertisers for the newsletter and the podcast, but sometimes a small blurb for an ad doesn't truly capture how awesome their product is and what it does. At Sounds Profitable, I really only work with companies that I believe in and that I want to collaborate with. It's a real awesome opportunity for me to help grow this space hands-on and help them teach everyone in this space a little bit more about the industry and how the technology works. So I'm gonna try and point a spotlight on those blurbs to make sure that you get a better idea of what they're talking about and why it's so valuable. So this week, we're talking to Dave Zaroff, the CEO of Chartable, all about the research that his team has done into branded podcasts and why you need to know about it from start to finish. So Dave, thank you so much for joining me today. This is the first time that we're digging into something with the advertisers who support Sounds Profitable. And I'm really excited because Chartable does such an amazing job at putting out all of this great information basically all the time. And my job here is to kind of point a spotlight on it. Like there's some content that you put out before that has been great to write articles about, but other times there's stuff that would be fun for a conversation, but maybe not for that weekly article. And so this is a chance for us to like have a conversation focused around what you want to talk about and what you're seeing in the industry. So thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, Brian. Yeah, always awesome to, to chat with you. And of course, we're big supporters. This sounds profitable. Recommend it to everyone we can possibly recommend it to, although they many of them are already subscribers, right? So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. So today I, I wanted to talk about the numbers that we've been seeing in terms of the branded podcasts, right? So podcasts on behalf of businesses, promoting something, could be B2C, could be B2B. And this year, I've done a bunch of research on this. You know, obviously, in a self-interested way, I, we make and sell software. I'm curious if I could make and sell software for folks that make branded podcasts. But more than that, I, I just kind of fell down the rabbit hole of businesses who are trying to promote themselves, who have tried all the kind of standard stuff. They do paid advertising. They do you know paid search. They do Facebook ads. They do all kinds of other stuff. They write blog posts. They have a whole content. You know, some of the bigger businesses have whole content teams that like churn out articles that are trying to target it at their keywords. And all those channels are just so swamped, right? It's like ads have gotten incredibly expensive on whatever platform you can think of, maybe besides podcasts. Obviously, you should always advertise more <laughs> on podcasts. The first page of Google for, I don't know if you've ever tried to buy anything recently, the first page of Google is just like completely optimized by content marketers. It's super hard to break in for new keywords. Yep. And so any, you know, any smart marketers thinking like, how do I get an edge? And a lot of them are turning to podcasts. And there's a lot of great reasons for that. Obviously, we're like podcast true believers here, so I don't need to talk about how great podcasts are. But I think from the marketer's perspective, for folks who are like kind of new to creating audio, you know, th there's some challenges, right? That the top line numbers are not as big as like a blog post or like you know, you pay for a bunch of reach on Facebook, you get a big number to show your boss. But the difference is that like you're getting incredible engagement from listeners, and usually it's like completely targeted, completely opt-in. And especially if you're selling something very specific, like enterprise AI software or CRM or something, or it could be something broad, like a fashion brand or something, you're getting deep, deep engagement multiplied by a smaller number of people. And what uh, what we like to say is that small numbers, huge impact, right? And so yeah. I think it's a, a huge trend that folks, you know, a lot of folks in the podcast industry are focused on ad-supported business models. I think that's great. We love working with ad-supported podcasts. We love working with advertisers. Of course, there's this big Thing that's happening it's not new it's been happening for a long time but 
it's a big trend. And I think we're just at the beginning of an explosion of branded content. Yeah. Ad tech is one of those things that I like to emphasize that it's literally every single thing that helps you sell in, yeah. uh, in the industry. So I absolutely think that branded podcasts are ad tech. I think that, you know, the hosting, the analytics and all of that lead into it, but you're so right. It's, it's been real fun lately for me to search up opinions about ad tech or brand safety or anything else on the web, because what happens is you're right. The first two pages of Google results are paid for branded content that's been search optimized. And I get there and I, I don't know what's worse lately, the press releases I continue to receive or the content <laughs> that I stumble into, but I'm gone in the first paragraph because right. while you got my click, you got my attention, your time on site sucks because this is not actual content. It is a sink to get me to somewhere to just shut up and pay somebody. Exactly. And, and that doesn't fly in podcasting. Because Absolutely all not. of these great branded podcasts, the ones that have succeed, it's here is the brand and here is content that is valuable. So you will associate the value of that content with the brand. Sometimes it's about it, like bring back Bronco was really neat. It's about the story of it. Other times it's just about the culture, right? The Trader Joe's podcast. Right. And then even more like Pacific Contents ones are the top of my mind. I think you did some work with them on this stuff. Yeah. But they um they had the the mortgage one, right? Rocket mortgage. And yep. they work with all kinds of yeah. advertisers that are telling great stories, not just yeah. promoting their own stuff. Yeah. Because right. you get like I, I have so little time in my week to listen to something new. And so when I listen to it, I need to learn or be entertained. I don't need to be sold. The selling can be in the fact that I remember that customer, I remember that client. And then I'm stuck thinking about them. So that's, I think that's the novel aspect of podcasting and branded content. And you're spot on. While we have a major search issue with the fact of how you find a podcast sure. in Google search and in all the apps and stuff, the content sticks, it's valuable, and it's not oversaturated, at least not yet. Not yet. I, you know, it'll take a few years. It yeah. probably will get super saturated. Right. But in the meantime, what we're seeing and, and, you know, in the industry, we call it branded podcasts. Right. But a lot of these people, they're just making a podcast for their business. Yeah. Right. And they could be like a marketer on a team at a startup of like 20 or 50 people, or it could be, you know, maybe a huge like fortune 500 has like thousands of employees. They might have dozens of podcasts. You know, those teams might be completely separate from each other. Right. And people creating Branded podcasts have the same problems that everyone else has. It's like, who's listening? Yeah. How do they how do they get there? How do I get more of those listeners? Right. What do they do? Does it help my business? Right. And so that's to me where it kind of like dovetails like completely with ad tech, right? It's the same kinds of problems that everybody faces from the New York Times down to an indie podcaster with five downloads. Everybody wants more listeners. Everybody wants to figure out how to acquire those listeners. And then, you know, for anyone who's thinking about impact, like they want to know what happens afterwards. And for in the branded context, that's about, okay, are my podcast listeners, do they, do they come back to my website and do something? And, or do they fill out a lead form or do they buy something? And this is exactly the same tech. And the reason that we, you know, at Charitable got excited about this, it's the same tech that we would use for like, okay, if I'm a mattress company buying ads on other on podcasts, do those people buy mattresses? It's the same thing, except that it's my business and my podcast, right? Yep. I put out a great story about whatever it is, could be a mortgage, could be cars, could be anything, could be AI software, right? And do the people that download that show, do they come back to my website? Do they do something? Are they more engaged, right? And so we've built, you know, kind of repurposed some of our existing tools and like built new tools for that specific case of like people creating branded shows. The response so far has been good, but I really think that more than that, it's like 
more and more brands are going to be considering building their own audiences versus renting them from other networks. Yeah, I agree with that. The self-made podcast, the internal to the business or, or rather built by the business or for the business specifically is really valuable. And we're also seeing licensing deals and things like that, yep. right? Like, let's say there's something even tangentially associated with your business that might be entertaining. Simply starting off the podcast with, this podcast is brought to you by Chartable, right? And and then it's just like, find out all about how Caro likes cats, right? And like, and then it's like, <laughs> it's a podcast all about how he likes cats, but it's related to Chartable and Chartable put the endorsement on it. It creates a network and a brand. Obviously, a little bit further off than attribution and analytics is cats. Sure. There's value in, in just building it wide, right? What's exciting? What's entertaining? What's going to pull people into that style? And there's so much room for it, whether it's built specifically for that, whether it's tangentially related to it, or even when, when people just get into the licensing, which is getting really exciting now, too. There was the sports podcast that was licensed for three years by a betting advertiser awful that i don't remember this off the top of my yeah, head sure maybe FanDuel or something yeah but yeah and so that's like a neat idea too right building and bringing it in taking content and pulling it in not just buying one ad slot not just yeah. testing it out for a month or two but really making that podcast part of your business and so that's really cool so you guys did a whole report about this right yes yeah we so because i fell on the rabbit hole i started saying okay well how many branded podcasts are there? And it turns out that's like a harder question to answer than you might imagine. So what I ended up doing, because there's no like flag somewhere in the RSS <laughs> yeah. feed or on the podcast that says, hey, this is branded content. What I ended up doing was grabbing the top 100,000 companies out of Crunchbase, which is like a data set of, it, it's tech leaning, but there's all kinds of companies are in there, like including, you know, Fortune 50s, Fortune 500s. I took those companies and then I said, Chartable, you know, one of the things we do is like track as many podcasts as we can, crawling their RSS feeds, you know, any episodes they release, et cetera, et cetera. And so I took the intersection of those two things. So I got all these, you know, 100,000 crunches companies. I got a couple million RSS feeds. Like, hey, do any of those line up? Is the RSS feed on the company website or does the RSS feeds website point to that company, et cetera, et cetera? You know, I had to massage the data a little bit, like, uh, you yeah. know, for example, Wondery is listed in Crunchbase. Are Wondery's shows branded content? You know, no. I mean, I'm sure they've made a branded show, but like, that's not what I'm trying to get at here. I'm not trying to get at content created for content, you know, to, for, to sell advertising. It's content created to promote a business or service, yep. right? And so that left me with a last count um, around 8,300 active branded podcasts as of wow. earlier this year. Yeah, which is a lot, that way more than I thought. Yeah. And it goes all the way back to the first one I could find, and it's still at, the feed is still active, is from Bungie, which is the studio that made yeah. Halo. Halo. Yeah. So they started the podcast in 2006, talking wow. about the development of Halo. And they haven't updated it in a, in a number of years. I think like you know maybe four or five years ago, they stopped updating it. But that's pretty cool. And it's still there, yeah. right? And I imagine a big Halo fan would go super deep, uh, digging back into those old episodes and saying, like, what were they thinking? Like, you know, it's like basically 15 years ago now that they like started this show, which is pretty incredible, you know? Yep. So we're seeing more and more podcasts created every year, which I think is fascinating. And then we're seeing a different like range of businesses create podcasts as well. So like historically, a lot of like consumer brands, like Inside Trader Joe's is one of the examples we use. It's like a it was in the top podcasts on apple for a yeah, long time long and time. it's a show about trader joe's and you know what's happening is that trader joe's people like customers are like spending hours with that brand like loving the stories about what's happening behind the scenes and how they make their 
you know, addictive snacks or whatever it is, right? And more and more businesses are seeing how that can work for them, right? It's not an advertisement. It's a story. Yeah. And uh, more businesses are going to tell their stories that way versus just, I mean, and I think it can work compl- in a complementary way to renting an audience. But, you know, you're, you, you can rent an audience from, you know, a huge network like iHeart, for example. They have incredible reach. You can do a programmatic buy. You can do a baked-in, you know, a baked-in host read buy. Whatever, or you can sponsor a show for a number of seasons. But you can also complement that for folks who really want to go deep with your brand and tell a story. And uh, I think that's huge. I, I super do, too. And it's so funny that, like, the products and brands that I really care about now, you know, I spend a lot of time trying to learn about them, right? Yeah. Number one, my wife's super country. I, I like to say she's my carbon neutral, right? Like I'm deep into ad tech. She's like <laughs> the one saving the world out there, registering people to vote and everything. So she helps balance things out. That's why we dig in. But another is I want to like learn the story, right? When they have a yeah. new product and I'm like excited for them and I'm just like, ah, maybe this one's not for me, but I'm, I'm going to tell people about it. Like you, it, you, people identify and associate with products. I, I don't think that that's necessarily the best thing, but it's not the worst thing. But there's cool <laughs> stories, right? At any day, anybody could be building something that becomes the next product. We got, you have kids too. So the, the yeah. nugget, I don't know if you've heard of that. It's this no. foam, like a uh, foam set to build like a uh, ramp. Oh, and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. I've seen this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. I would kill to listen to a podcast about them because it's cut foam and fabric and they blew up real quick and they've had nothing but success. It's always sold out. We got one and I love it. But like, I would kill to learn their story. And that's what, you know, that's, what's interesting when one of the things I think we're going to be talking about is acquisition of listeners. You think about like, Hey, it's uh, me and Dave talking about um, our opinions on movies. Awesome. Our audience is the world. It means targeting is going to be expensive (laughs) and real tough. And we're going to see more failure than success. But if it's, Hey, we make foam toys for kids. We make these awesome things for kids. And it's, we're, we're real passionate about it. Your audience gets smaller. And so while acquisition might get more expensive in certain ways to think about, you have a smaller pool and you have more chance of success. And so while, you know, me and you yelling about movies, we might want a million people listening. Trader Joe's doesn't need a million people listening. They don't even need their whole audience, which is like captive already buying. They're already excited about it, owns the tote bag. You know, they need the people who want to take it one step further that talk about it, that are excited about it. And so it's just, it's so, I think branded podcasts are, are awesome. And 8,300, 8,300 active. At least. And I'm sure I'm missing a bunch, right? So there's like, I'm sure there's branded podcasts that like exist primarily on a brand's website, right? And so like, maybe I'm not capturing it because I'm not crawling their RSS feed or something. And so I, I think that. Uh, you know, people always talk about podcasts being a great thing to like go super niche on. Like if you're telling a story, make sure it's like a super niche story. I think when it comes down to, for example, like B2B, you're talking like the niche of a niche. So I always bring up this <laughs> example. Uh, one of our investors uh, runs a AI and machine learning like tools company. So it's tools for AI practitioners, right? They have a great podcast called Gradient Descent. Uh, it is for machine learning practitioners. Right. Wow. And so you can imagine the pool of that, that, that pool, it's like, you know, there's probably a few thousand of those people like in the U S or something. Uh, but a good chunk of them actually listen to this show, right. Cause he's like doing like interesting interviews with, you know, folks in the field that are like advancing the field. Right. And, you know, for them, you know, hitting, if they hit a couple thousand downloads on an episode, that's like awesome. Like yeah. that is like hitting it out of the park. And we designed a feature for B2B in particular, where, you know, a lot of these folks are looking to, 
sell to comp- white specific companies, right? So, you know, account-based marketing is a certain sales tactic where you're saying, okay, we are selling X kind of software. We need to reach companies that are like IBM of all sizes or whatever it is, right? And so we built this feature that shows you like which companies are listening to your podcast. We don't know who it is, but yeah. it could be somebody at Facebook, somebody at IBM or somebody within whatever your target set is, right? If you're selling software to fashion companies, then it could be somebody at Louis Vuitton or whatever it is, right? And so, you know, we built this tool and it's, you know, kind of like guided by these kinds of customers. It's an emerging set of B2B marketers who, again, are like just looking to have a different tool or a different weapon, I guess, in their arms toolbox. <laughs> I'm totally mixing the metaphor here, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so, people are always looking for an edge. <laughs> so you're saying that the people at branded podcasts that have Chartable integrated in it as a prefix URL are able to identify what company some of the listeners are from. That's right. What partnership were you were doing that with? Yeah, that's a third partnership with this company called Clearbit. They're a great uh, provider awesome. of like enrichment data. So we're the first, um, you know, first uh, application of that data to podcasting, right? So this is like literally the first time you can find out which companies are listening to your show. And, uh, you know, it's not, uh, it's a paid feature. You know, we're excited about it. And again, we see this as just another tool in the toolbox and a trend that's just going to be accelerating. So we're yeah. looking, at, looking at this pool of creators and they're like basically business creators. So this is basically like a new kind of creators, like business creators creating audio to promote their brand and, and, and to tell their story. I think it's awesome. What I really like about that is that we spend so much time in the podcast space explaining that the value of the IP address mostly relates to the household. And so a partner <laughs> like Clearbit probably does two things really useful. One, three types of IP connections. We have household, we have business, and we have cellular. Cellular all day long. I, I keep getting emails from people who are like, we can attach carrier data to it and we'll, uh, the second that actually happens we'll talk more about it but I, it's yeah. been like 13 years of my life with that lie being told to me but businesses <laughs> we, <laughs> right i'm sure yeah. you get those phone calls plenty too we i explain it all the time yeah <laughs> but the but the business side of it is really interesting because like most of the time we think oh well you know if they don't consistently download it at the business and that's really tough there's a bunch of people. It's not a household unit. We can't provide demographics. But this clear bit value shows either one of two things, being able to associate a business connection to the, the registration where the business is back to a user profile. So when they're at home, you can connect them together. Or even more so, that business IP address is now valuable for this type of identification. For sure. And that's the thing. It's like when you're selling ads, like you're looking to get a certain CPM for your downloads and you want more downloads so that you get, you know, because that's how you get paid. But if you're selling like enterprise software, like a hundred thousand dollar a year contract value, it's not about getting, like you had said earlier in the show, it's not about getting a zillion downloads. It's about getting the right people. And if you can reach those right people and know you're reaching those right people, then getting a single sale out of a year's or two years worth of podcasting would pay for the entire thing. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Sounds profitable <laughs> is podcast ad tech in podcast and newsletter form, right? It's it's a subset of the entirety of the industry. And we're almost at 2,000 downloads a month. And that makes me that's so awesome, happy, man. right? Yeah. Like that's such a cool and fun thing. But each one of those matter, right? Each one of those is someone who's going to respond to a survey or email me or follow up. And we're going to have a conversation. We're going to grow this. And so yeah. even if you're only getting a couple hundred downloads a month right for or per episode probably better like 
depends on what they convert into, right? If you have a software that's a hundred thousand dollar a year contract, right? How many people do you actually need to convert for the podcast to be worthwhile? Probably two breaks you even or or less, right? Like yeah, sometimes yeah. one. Yeah, it's a totally different, you know, kind of return on investment kind of calculation than a traditional like ad supported show, right? Yeah. So you know, that's why more folks are kind of looking at this. You know, the challenge has always been, again, it's like the same, same challenge everybody has. How do you know? So, you know, we, we've tried to, you know, use, use the data that we do have and use the tools that we do have to like help them answer that question. You're never going to have like perfect knowledge. If, if they hadn't yeah. listened to this podcast and they wouldn't have signed the 100K deal, I'm sorry, like, you know, I'm not going to be able to tell you that, but at least we can give you a sense of like, you know, more of a sense of who you're reaching and are you, are you getting those like super important downloads right yeah but neither is the billboard neither is the blog post when those sure. things are not like a direct click over right, right. there's nobody like puts in their credit card to buy a hundred thousand dollar piece of stuff <laughs> yeah. right i mean or if they do please come to chartable.com and uh, we got something you know, we got for a, you we got we got a really special version just for you <laughs> <laughs> oh man but so okay so uh, of the 8300 active and active you defined as what like three months six months Oh, uh, just that the feed, the feed is still live. Oh, right? that's so cool. Like, because I think yeah. that, that even a year or two old for a branded podcast is yeah, still okay. valuable. Especially yeah, if totally. your content's evergreen, right? It's it's something to put in your signature. It's something for the salespeople to send. Heck, yes. That's why I started the deep dives, right? We do these walkthroughs like we're doing here with this audio where it's like, hey, someone can't read the report. Someone can't go to the website. Someone can't try it out. Like, here's a leave behind. It's one yep. more way to engage those people that you're trying to interact with. And that's part of what we hear from like sales teams, you know, that often folks like who, you know, come and sign up for, you know, so sign up for a demo or something will say, Hey, I heard, I heard the podcast. I listened to the entire thing. Right. Yeah. And when a salesperson hears that, they're like, you know, their ears perk up. They're like, Hey, wait a second. And so they start sending out the podcast as part of their like lead, you know, their prospecting pipeline or whatever, right? Where they have like different drip emails that they send to people. And then the marketing team says, hey, wait a second, we can repurpose this into a blog post. We can put an audiogram on social media. We can do, you know, something on Instagram. We could put a you know, clip of it in the newsletter. There's like so many different ways. And you you do this a lot too. It's like repurposing yeah. content and promoting it. And it it all feeds into this, like, you know, building the brand, right? And podcasts, I think, are particularly good at that uh, because there's, you know, you have long form content that you can then slice up and repurpose in a bunch of different media. Yeah. And the on-demand nature of it can't be, you know, overstated. I think that like we take for granted, like how long a sales call can be. Right. And, yeah. and you like, do you have lunch waiting for you? Do you have another, like a pile of emails coming through? Right. Nobody is dedicated 100%. I'm literally talking to you on a, a teleprompter right now. And I have notifications from every single thing popping up. And, <laughs> and like, that's just, you can't get away from it. Right. And if I don't yeah. look at it, my phone buzzes. So when I can listen to it in a podcast form, when I choose when I want to engage with it, even if I don't listen to the whole thing, I am getting more value out of it. So yeah. whether it is a hard sell, or whether it is branded content that makes me excited about the brand, like having options is never bad, right? Determining that the only way you're ever going to sell is if Steve Commission comes into the meeting and sells them right then and there and has them sign. Right. It's not It's not how it works anymore. Yeah. And I think that it, it comes back to this messaging, which I'm sure you have to talk about a lot, in which I find myself talking about a lot. It's that like impressions are not like equal between different media. It's like yes. somebody looking at your blog post, it's <laughs> not the same thing as listening to your podcast. And somebody listening to a podcast is not the same thing 
as like seeing an ad scroll through a Facebook feed. They're just not the same, yeah. right? And so, you know, as an industry, I think one of the challenges a podcast has that the, the, the top line numbers are lower, right? Yes. But the difference is you multiply that number by a very different time of engagement. And that applies to ad supported podcasts, applies to, you know, to ad reads in, you know, and like kind of what, what I would consider the ad supported standard podcast stuff that people talk about. And it applies to branded too. It's not the same thing. People are spending time. People choose to spend time. And that's what makes, you know, the medium so special. So brands that like lean into that and create these kind of special long form things that are not just, 30 minute advertisements yeah. are actually like an explore exploration of something exciting or interesting about them or interviews with like, you know, amazing people in the field. I think, you know, sky's the limit. I think we're going to see a lot more of this in, in the coming years and I'm excited about it. Yeah. So, okay. So we got, we got the chartable pixel on, on my branded podcast. We put a lot of effort into, we built it out. It is getting some downloads. What have you found have been the best ways to get more? Like, does it deviate from standard advertising or, do you approach it any different? Yeah. So uh, if the goal is to increase listenership of the podcast, the thing that we recommend the most is audio advertising on other podcasts. Yeah. Right? So like, where do you find, where do you find more podcast listeners? They are on other podcasts, right? It sounds almost like a Yogi Berra, like you know, <laughs> self-referential thing, but it's true. And so what we see happening is like, you know, step one, and I should say, I should say this and repeat myself if, if I haven't already, it's like, you have to make something great that's worth listening to. Yes. Okay. And so you've already talked about that. There's a lot of different stories that can be told, but it's, it bears repeating. It shouldn't just be like one person in a room talking about advertisement forever, like for 30 minutes. It should be telling a great story. So if you have, if you have a great story and you know that people are going to listen, then it's worth investing in, you know, growing that audience. We always recommend podcast advertising for that. There's a lot of people you can buy it from. You could you could trade with them. You could do a lot of different things. But podcast listeners listen to podcasts. And so if you want to reach podcast listeners, listen to them, you know, reach them where they are. They're in their app. They're in Apple Podcasts. They're in Spotify. They're in Overcast, Pocket Cast, whatever. You can reach them there and tell them about this amazing story you're going to tell, right? And so we see folks investing in creating great stories and then investing in a marketing budget to grow the audience for them. And number one should be, if it's not, should be audio advertising, right? Yeah. It could be programmatic. It could be baked in. You could do a trailer, trailer drop in a feed. Trailer drops are really effective. They're really expensive because they're really effective. And, you know, there's a lot of different ways to grow. And it's like pretty similar to growing like an ad, ad supported show, except that you want to be super targeted about who you're reaching, especially if yep. you're in B2B. If you're in B2C, you know, your targeting is probably pretty similar to the targeting for a brand for like, you know, a D2C brand, like trying to, trying to reach their customers that way. So you mentioned it's expensive for an episode drop, specifically a trailer drop is, yeah. um, does a trailer versus a full episode tend to provide more value? That's a really good question. I don't have the data offhand, right? And I think the thing that people run into here is that, you know, some podcasters and some networks are very familiar with a trailer drop or an episode drop, right? Where, you know, and, and again, just to be clear, we're like talking about dropping an entire trailer an entire episode into somebody else's feed to yep. promote your show and some you know, some folks are familiar with that and they're like cool with it other folks that actually kind of like gives them pause right they're like wait a sec you want to put your episode in my feed right but it, it works i don't have the numbers between the two right but like we see like much higher conversion rates for yeah for drops right because like you're you know, to talk about rent versus renting an audience versus building your own, you're renting that feeds audience for, you know, for that drop. And some chunk of them are going to listen. And if they like what they hear, 
it's they're in their podcast app, right? They'll say, well, I'm just going to go search for, you know, sounds profitable. It's right there, right? So the pathway, the listener pathway to get into your show is much shorter than, you know, maybe they see an ad on Facebook, but they're on their desktop and they don't listen on their desktop. So they think, oh, I better remember to like subscribe on my phone the next time. And then do they remember? Probably not, right? And so, yeah. <laughs> you know, the pathway is a little bit different. Yeah, no, but I like that. I, I, I think that keeping people in the same ecosystem is really strong. Yeah, and I think it's, it's folks who are used to, and I'm sure you've talked about this, you know, before and run into this, like folks who are used to buying digital ads that are not that familiar with podcasts. And a lot of marketers are tra- creating this podcast as an experiment for their business. They think, oh, I'm going to like spend some money on social media ads. And it could work. It definitely can work. And we have the tools to like help you measure that. But it, there's a bigger hurdle there. Unless you yeah. really know what you're doing and you have like the targeting really spot on, it's you know just going to be harder to get the conversions that you're going to want. Yeah, I think that you're spot on with the fact that audio advertising leads to more audio engagement because people are already in that same environment. It's easy to yeah. search. You're in this, the same thing. Understandably, I unlock my phone. My If I'm playing a podcast, I'm probably still not on the podcast app. I'm in something else. I could go sure. to their website. I could find out more, follow them on Twitter, whatever. But if I'm listening to a podcast, there's something about it that makes it easy to just search for that or click the episode details and continue over. I think that anybody advertising about a podcast on other formats should ideally have a stronger core, right? A better website, a better social media. The podcast should be one of their outward media prongs and not their main thing because I really think that it's hard to advertise on social and display and video and streaming audio for a podcast, it's tough. Yeah, I, I tough would tough hill to climb. It's doable. It is, but doable. it's a tough, yeah. it's a tough hill to climb. It's not where I would spend money, right? But the good thing about like businesses that are creating these shows is that they often have an email newsletter already, right? Yes. They often have social media already, so they can use their or you know their channels that they've already built and not pay for them, just like use their, their you know their existing audience and say, hey, we've got a new show launching like next week. Come you know come to Apple Podcasts or wherever, download the trailer, subscribe, follow. I guess I should say. Uh, and you know, you can, you can build on the audience you've already built because chances are, if you're selling stuff, you've already been trying to reach your customers already. That's probably not the first thing you've done. Right. And if it is, I think that's awesome. That's great. Uh, but it would be very unusual. (laughs) Yeah. So what else did you find in the study? I mean, this is so great. The amount of them out there and the fact that it works very well to advertise in audio, to lead to more, you know, listeners, but what, what were the, the big things that you took away that really really let you know that this was going to continue to get bigger? So I think that one of the things we're seeing is folks that are leaning into podcasts as marketing for their businesses are starting to create their own networks. So a couple of examples that come to mind, HubSpot has their own created shows, and they also are creating a business-focused network. Salesforce, which is you know, coincidentally, a competitor to HubSpot in a lot of ways. Um, (laughs) They have like a bunch of shows that they've been making for a long time. And they're getting super organized about leveraging best practices across their entire like network of shows and treating it like a network. And the difference is that it's like, you know, it's similar to Wondery in that there's a bunch of shows, but it's like a B2B focused network, which I think is a new thing. And we're going to see a lot more of that coming soon. You know, and that, that to me shows that like people inside those orgs are seeing results and they're saying, hey, there's a lot of potential here. What would happen if we, you know, hired up a little bit more and we like organized this team and like really got very metrics oriented about this? They're going to see great results. And then you're going to see that 
playbook copied over and over again, like just like you see the playbooks that have worked for folks like Wondery start getting copied across the industry again. Yeah. And honestly, like having been a content marketer to some degree for, for a lot of what I've done, it sucks. It sucks to sit there and just have to write something <laughs> that you can't put yeah. a lot of personality in, but like you can't do an, a, a podcast without personality. So if you're the person who gets to commission that or work on it, right, it's such a chance to be creative again, where you probably are a little bit more confined with what you do. And I love that network idea. I think that's really valuable. I think that it's it's really clear to show when it works, when one show works, and then you can build another one off that show to take another side view there. And then you can collaborate between them. It's yep. just, I think that's powerful, very powerful, but it takes an investment. And yes. sometimes people don't want to hear that. Like they don't want to hear it for a regular podcast when people say like, hey, I made 10 episodes, when do I make money? And I say, well, when you treat this like opening up a retail shop, like yeah. when you invest in it like a business, it will it's pay the same you for, like a you know, Content marketing and the business, you know, the business side, people are like, okay, I wrote a blog post. Like, how come we don't have thousands of clicks yeah. on Google? That's like, well, that's just not how it works, right? It's work. But one of the things I heard one of our customers talk about is that like, you know, you're going to start a podcast inside a company and you know it's going to be tough to get people on board you have to fight to get that first season made right now at the end of the first season people are going to be like uh, i don't know about this maybe that wasn't the best idea we only got a few hundred downloads an episode and if you keep investing and you keep making great great content and telling great stories by the end of season two everyone's going to say oh it's a genius you know this, yeah. this is a genius idea it was my idea right like it was <laughs> yeah. everyone's going to be trying to like take take credit by the end of season two but by the end of season one you have to have that commitment to keep telling the story, right? Yeah. And that that I think is, and what, you know, one of the, you had asked like, what what makes me excited, you know, after doing all this research on this stuff, you see a lot of people making second seasons and third seasons yes. and fourth seasons. And that's, they're doing it because it's working, right? Yep. And so they've committed to making this stuff, to like, to telling their company's story and to telling it in audio. And so I think that's like a, a huge sign for this, this chunk of the industry that it's going to keep yeah. running. I think my key takeaway from that is everybody listening on your first season, when you get a commission, just take credit and say, it's my idea and take the risk <laughs> because people are going to keep investing in it. You'll get that For second sure. season and you were the first one to say it. So it's yours, right? I, I think it is. <laughs> I, I, I agree though. It's, it does take a certain amount. Like, yeah. you know, at least right now within a lot of these words, somebody has to stand up and say, I think 100%. we should make a podcast and I think it should be awesome. It shouldn't just be, you know, somebody like reading a blog post out loud or whatever. Like we should really commit and make something worth listening to. And that's a risk. You know, yeah. that's a risk for a lot of people. But if you do it, and like Brian said, make sure you take make sure you take the screenshots of the Slack where you like actually suggest <laughs> it. <laughs> but by then, season two, you're gonna be the hero, right? Yeah. Well, and but you gotta compare it to other things, right? Like the this is like what's really important is you know, first off, like you have booths, right? Like if you're a lot of B2B companies or a lot of companies out there, like you go to expos and you have booths. Take a, figure out how much every dollar, every coffee you expense and everything that it costs to yeah. go to that uh, event, and then write that down and multiply it across the year and then compare the number of people that you had at the booth, right? Because you got to count that for metrics and see how it matches to the podcast. Because yeah. one is they were corralled in there and they might've stopped by because you had a sweet koozie. And the other one is they <laughs> chose to engage on their own time. So like, that's what, like a lot of the things I talk Opt about in, in top rule. Yeah. Exactly. Is it's just like it's just like it's a different type of marketing. It's not yeah. it's it doesn't fit into all the other molds. I think another really important thing is it's like you, your brand doesn't always have to be front and center. Right. Right. Like it doesn't have to be like 
you know, the main thing, the main image on the podcast are, please actually probably don't do that because yeah, I, don't put your logo as yeah. like the only thing, right? It's like, yeah. it's going to look like an ad, right? <laughs> there are so many creative ways to do it. And there are so many amazing shops out there that can walk you through it or do it for you to make it a subtle and connected thing. So there's no question that it's not associated, but like, it doesn't have to be the main focus. And, you know, I guess the, the last thing is don't forget about your company, right? Like, I think about how many people work at a company and how many get to go to a conference and really see the people that are on or get to go to a sales meeting and see somebody present or marketing or anything, right? Your content for your company, like hopefully people work at your company because they want to. Maybe the pays and benefits <laughs> are great, but like at the end of the day, like there are a lot of jobs out there. And so you want to work at places you like. And if there's a podcast about it, if you can explain to somebody what your company does or what your industry does by being like, yeah, we put out this awesome podcast that I'm really proud of. It, it It's a great way to advertise word of mouth because I'm not going to tell anybody about the report that my company put out because nobody's going to want to read it, but they'll want to yeah. listen to this podcast right here. Hopefully. I've certainly had um, <laughs> folks say that they've listened to me on other podcasts or on Chartable Zone podcasts, which I think is a great sign that you know an interviewee is like doing their homework, right? Yeah. But it's also putting your company out there, and it and it sticks around. You know, we have episodes from years ago, right? And I think the point about not putting your brand front and center, I think, is is super important. And I'll I'll call like one other trend up, which I didn't actually write up in this report, so I didn't it was more focused on commercial, but there are a lot of nonprofits now using audio to tell their stories, and I think that is a trend that we're going to see more and more. There's been a lot of folks who have, you know, done, uh, and I'm talking like, uh, like charities essentially. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I have a, uh, one specific example is my wife's a progressive strategy consultant. She worked with a client, uh, March of dimes to create a podcast about, you know, folks who are having trouble with, you know, conception or childbirth. Right. And it's this uh, three episode documentary called unspoken stories. It came out a couple of years ago. It's evergreen, right? You could go listen yeah. to it right now. It's a great show. And it, you know, the download numbers, from what I understand, were not like, you know, they're not in the bazillions range that if you were creating like the next Dr. Death, you would want to see. But the response that it generated for their organization from the people that listened and who have gone through, A, it's a subject that people have a hard time talking about anyway. You know, like it's it's a tough subject. But B, to like have those very personal stories related in audio in a well-produced way just like drove the amount of like emails that like the president of March of Dimes got from this thing was like crazy, right? So there's like, I think well, another trend that we're going to see is like other, you know, not just businesses, but other organizations telling their stories through audio and not putting like, hey, this is like X charity podcast right at the front and center, but telling stories like not everybody has like crazy, sad stories like, uh, you know, like, like birth stories, but like there's going to be plenty of stories, plenty of great stories to tell that would fit this medium. And so I'm, I'm, Looking forward to seeing, you know, more organizations, both commercial and nonprofit, uh, take advantage yeah. of the medium. And, but that's also like a really good way to look at it too, because like March of Dimes is a name that is, is very old. It's been around for a long time. Yes, and you just FDR. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't, you don't think about it a lot. I mean, like I, I, I have absolutely worked with them before, so I understand what they do, but like, yeah. At, for a lot of people, it's out of sight, out of mind. And so hearing a podcast about a specific topic, that's either something that you can relate to or something that you want to help with and dig in more, and then finding that it's associated with a source that can let you do either. So you were educated about it. You got to hear stories. Entertaining is the general term, I think, right. still in this end. But, yeah. um, but then it gives you a prompt 
to engage? Can you donate and help people like this? Or can you volunteer? Or are you someone like this? And that's, that's so powerful. I, I'm, I agree with you. I think we're going to see a lot more from nonprofits like that. Right. It's a, it's a similar thing, right? So like, you know, in the ad supported world, you know, you're listening to a show and you hear an ad for a mattress, maybe you go buy the mattress in a branded content world, maybe like a B2B world, you are listening to a show about machine learning or AI or something. And you think, oh, I need this software to like help me in my practice. In the nonprofit world, you hear an incredible story and you think, oh, I want to, I'm motivated to take action, like donate or volunteer. Yep. And these are all, it's very similar things. It's it's just like a different flavor of using audio to, to help inspire some kind of response. Yeah. There's- right? Did Headspace just come out with a podcast with Sesame Street for yeah. children to help them so go to cool. sleep? My son's three, no problems going to sleep, but he loves watching shorts <laughs> before bed. I absolutely am going to start switching and trying that out. And it's something that it just keeps it in my mind. And when I log into Netflix and when I check out my podcast app, their name is there. Not only yep. like now I get to think about them in other ways. And now when someone says, oh, meditation, I go, oh, headspace, because it's super the first smart thing I hear about. And so that it's about getting interwoven into the person's identity and interests, right? It's not always yep. about selling them. It's branded content. It's branding. It's not about a direct conversion immediately. It's about making sure that your message resonates with them. And that's so cool that you did all this research on it. Thanks, man. And it's really, thanks so much for having me on to talk about it. I like, obviously we're like podcast stands here, but I think that we're going to see a lot of like that Headspace example is a great example. We're going to yeah. see a lot more creativity applied to, you know, by businesses creating content, right? Yeah. And it's not just going to be more shows about a company. It's going to be all different kinds of organizations creating all different formats, all different kinds of content. And it's going to be, it's going to be cool to see, man. Heck yeah. And where can people find this report? Uh, you can find it on the Chartable blog, chartable.com slash blog. Awesome. B-L-O- B-L-O-G, just kidding. But <laughs> <laughs> for 25% off the free report in B-L-O-G. Yeah, exactly. And it's not, cha- just to be clear, it's not charitable.com, which we get, uh, I think, autocorrect <laughs> still has a, still has trouble. So make sure it's charitable. But yeah. uh, well, Dave, this was really fun. Thank you for kicking off this new series with me. And I'm really excited to dig in more with you on these throughout the year. Yeah. Thanks so much, Brian. Really appreciate you having me. Thank you. 